Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fratinsky, joined by Corbin Bryant, former defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Corbin, we got a great, great win this week. We played against the New England Patriots. All Bills fans, all Patriots fans knew exactly what needed to happen. If the Bills won and went out, they win the division. If New England wins and wins out, they win the division. And of course, the Bills won big. 33-21 to 21 by the arm and legs of Josh Allen and a name that we have not talked about a lot in Isaiah McKenzie. I mentioned to you before we jumped on that maybe Isaiah McKenzie is our new slot receiver. Now it might not be for this season, but maybe moving forward, maybe in the future. You did mention Cole Beasley, obviously a great veteran. He's been great for a very long time, but maybe it's time for out with the old in with the new Isaiah McKenzie It's not the first time he's done it. Now, it is only one game, and he did this last season against the Dolphins. But in my opinion, at the very least, you got to give him some more looks here. I want to get your take, your NFL insider look to this, because you know how guys go in and out of the league, and it's hard to stay atop. And, man, Isaiah McKenzie has really proven himself both on and off the field, really. Well, Jake, what you look for in a guy like Isaiah McKenzie, especially after a big game like he had yesterday, 11 receptions. I mean, the man was completely balling out there. But what you look for and what GMs look for is that consistency factor. Can you do it week after week? So when you do the comparison of Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie, you look at Cole Beasley's career and you see the consistency. He's doing it year after year. He's been in the league for for 10 years. He's coming up, you know, he's getting a little older. He'll be, I think, I think he'll be 33 next year and he'll be on the last year of his deal. Um, but you want to see that kind of consistency. You don't want to go, go crazy and say, oh, okay, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, he was, he was really doing well. Let's sign him to a long-term deal. No, that's, that's not how it works. But if you can, if Isaiah McKenzie continues to bloom and he stays consistent, and he may not give that blowout game again, 11 receptions. He may give you six. He may give you seven, you know, week after week. And if he continues to do that, then maybe you have something. But let's, let's, let's wind it back here a little bit of what our expectations, because just like I spoke with you before on the call, Mike White, anybody ever remember him from, from the New York Jets? Everybody was singing his praises. His jersey did the Hall of Fame. And now where is he now? that one game so I, I like Isaiah McKenzie don't get me wrong he's a fantastic player but let's see what else he produces and if he continues to do that then maybe we have our guy but let's 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 see what happens talking about guys that are producing because I don't think I have a lot to complain about in this game I don't have a lot to pick at I think the Bills played a, at the very least the most complete game they've played all season sure there's not perfect parts But for the most part, we look good, whether it was in the run. We saw some effectiveness, both from Devin Singletary and even Zach Moss. Although 
Zach Moss had an easy, easy touchdown, and he tripped over, I believe, Ryan Bates' foot. Kind of a weird play. To me, that's sort of been Zach Moss's story so far in the NFL. He's gotten a lot of opportunities, and he hasn't quite grabbed them and run with them. And that's why we still have Singletary leading the backfield. But on a positive note, our offensive line looked quite steady, at least the most steady I have seen in a while. There were times that they got beat, sure. We know we don't have a great line, but they held up for the most part. Josh wasn't running for his life the entire game, maybe only part of the game. Ryan Bates is part of that reason. He looked really good. And I feel like I feel like I keep hitting my head with this one, but why wasn't he playing over a guy like Cody Ford? Why was he further down the depth chart? Because I understand the goal is that he is supposed to be our backup center. But man, oh man, he looked pretty steady. I'm not saying you want him in every game, but he's a solid filler. He's a guy that wasn't getting burned all game. Do you have any thoughts on Ryan Bates and the offensive line as a whole moving forward, especially as they get healthy, particularly with John Feliciano? Well, Jake, I was very impressed with the offensive line today. And you know the reason why? Zero sacks. Josh Allen wasn't on the ground one time behind the line of scrimmage. And, and anytime you can do that against a Patriots defense that's number two in the league, they had Matthew Judon rushing off the edge. And he had a, a great game getting pressure yesterday, but he didn't get him on the ground. I mean, they have some fantastic guys. They have Kyle Van Noy, they have Devon Gottschall, and they have a myriad of blitzes that they could that they tried to run against the Bills, but they weren't effective. And that's kudos to the offensive line. That's kudos to Brian Dable for setting up a plan to block those different blitzes and get the right, the right protections against a guy like Matthew Judon. But as far as Ryan Bates, he's a guy that just needed his opportunity. I mean, he went out there, he played well. He's, he's another guy that's going to have to continue to prove his consistency. The name of the, the NFL game, and I'm just going to keep beating you guys over the head with this, is consistency. The, t- the day you can find consistency is the day that you are going to solidify yourself in the league. I even look even back at my own story. When I started making my, making my time in the league, like uh, the moment I started making more consistent strides, the more confidence the coaches had in me to go out there and make plays. So let's just look at him. R- Ryan Bates, I mean, right now our offensive line is far from solidified. Like we're moving guys in and out from the COVID list and guys are getting hurt here and there. But let's see, let's see what he can do. Let's put him in there. Why not? Why not? We're we're a, we're an offensive line by committee right now, other than three spots, which is Dawkins, uh Mitch Morris, and, and Spencer Brown. Everybody else is, is is interchangeable. So let's see if he can stay consistent against the, the Falcons next week and we'll, we'll see what happens. Definitely. The committee, that is the key to this. The offensive line is an offensive line by committee. We don't have any superstars, although Deion Dawkins is going to the Pro Bowl. I don't think he's had a particularly great season, to be honest. I don't think this is the best we've seen of him in the time that he's played with the Buffalo Bills. But we have some guys like Ryan Bates who, like you said, have an opportunity to show that they can be consistent, that they deserve to be in the lineup. We saw Ike Bodker go down, so there's no question we could see more of him. Someone who has been incredibly consistent, just 
consistent for the wrong reasons is Cody Ford. To me, that's a guy that has been consistently terrible. He has not been good, whether it was last season or the season before that or this season. We have not seen that consistency. Fortunately, the rest of our line is starting to show some consistency. You're right. We're going to see something against the Falcons, and then we'll have another game against the Jets. To me, the next two games are a chance for our offensive line to get a little bit more comfortable because like you said, they've had to switch so much. And yes, Ford, some of that is trouble for Ford because he's had to move around a lot. Don't get me wrong. I know it's a hard job. It's not ideal. Guys are in and off the COVID list. You have guys getting injured. It's a real problem. We really haven't had a consistent O-line from start to finish. And that makes it very difficult. My hope is that over the next two games, they can clean things up. They can look at what they did well this game and continue to do that and really improve upon it because we know as they enter the playoffs, it's not going to get any easier. You're going to play better teams with better linemen and you're going to face really tough pass rush. So it's going to be interesting to see the way the Bills offensive line cleans it up. There's no question that as soon as they played a little bit better, Josh Allen went out and balled. Josh Allen, in my opinion, had the best game that he's had all season. I would argue it might be the best game he's had his entire career. He was unbelievable. He did it all. He did it by rocketing passes, a.k.a. the touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. He did this without some of his top receivers, without Cole Beasley, without Gabriel Davis, and it didn't matter. That is proof that Josh Allen can be that guy that we need, but he needs a little bit of time. Let's turn our heads to the defense. The defense looked really stout. They did their job. They penetrated. They weren't amazing, but they did what they needed to do to win the game. They slowed the Patriots' run game. We knew that the Patriots were going to try to run the ball, and I don't think the Bills wanted to have any of that. They really started the game out strong. Sure, they gave up a few chunk plays, and there were a couple drives that weren't the greatest, but when it came to bending but not breaking, I think they did a pretty good job. And I think we got to tip our hat to the Bills defense because they have suffered all season with the Bills offense not performing well. And finally, we're seeing the offense turn, and now the Ws are coming. We're starting to see what you said earlier on in the season, stack those wins. And the Bills are stacking those wins. We were just talking about it. There is a legitimate chance that not only the Bills are going to win the division, which seems actually quite likely at this point, because of course they have the Atlanta Falcons and then they have the New York Jets. Those are both more than winnable games. The question becomes, where can they land in playoff seeding? How likely do you think it is that they can move from that fourth seed where they are right now and really take advantage of the fact that the AFC is really weak we have the Titans up with some difficult games. You have, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're probably the top of the pack. But outside of that, there's some opportunities there. Jake, I definitely see the opportunities. Mainly, you know, the, the Titans, like I said, they have some tough games. But we will easily have a chance to move into the third position because the Bengals, they're, 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 their schedule's ending up to the point where they have to play Kansas City next week. And I believe they're playing Pittsburgh the week after that, which is 
no stops of a game. Pittsburgh. They're playing. Still- they're actually taking on the Browns, but regardless, that's still a tough yeah. divisional yeah, matchup. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mistake there, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough game. The Browns are going to be fighting for their playoff lives as well. So when you when you look at the Bills' playoff position, yeah, I mean, we can move up, but does it really matter? <laughs> we okay, we, we get a home. We're going to get a home playoff game regardless, because like I said, we're going to win the division. But does it really matter? Like, who are we going to be playing? Let's see. We could be playing the Baltimore Ravens, who are reeling right now. I mean, they don't have any. Lamar Jackson is still hurt. Like they don't. They don't look that great. The the Chargers are, are sliding out of it. They they could be a dangerous team, but they they don't they don't look that great as well. So the Bills, when our first home playoff game should be relatively easy. Like it's the it's the next round who I'm who I'm looking for 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 the challenge where we could either be playing, you know, Tennessee, we could be playing Kansas City. So it for the playoff position in the first round, it, I mean, I'm not really concerned about it because I think the Bills could beat any team that's below them right now at this point, including um, New England, if, if they sneak in there as well, if they don't, if they don't lose their last couple games. But this is, this is something that you know, I'm not worried about. Bills Mafia shouldn't be worried about that as well. The Bills are pretty much finding out who they are and they solidify who they are as a team. They're being led by Pro Bowl snub Josh Allen. I mean, it, I, I, I hate I hate to say that, but I think he's definitely top three in the league at quarterback in the AFC. Just my opinion, but we, Josh Allen, he's, he's got the team going in the right direction and we'll see what, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs and yes, I'm declaring it. We're going like there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We'll be in the playoffs. It just depends on who we're going to be playing. You nailed it. Josh Allen got snubbed. There's no question he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. The guy has been incredible. Now, he hasn't had a smooth season this year, but statistically, he's put up another very impressive season. He's throwing the ball. He's well over 4,000 yards. He's running the ball exceptionally well. It's hard to imagine that he would not make the Pro Bowl, specifically when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson who went in. And it should be noted that Josh Allen statistically beats Lamar in every single category this year, except for rush yards. I'm sorry. It's a quarterback, not a running back. That's number one. And number two, he beat him in many, many categories. We're talking about passer rating. We're talking about court, touchdowns thrown, interceptions, yardage. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's unfathomable that he is not in the Pro Bowl, but it happens, honestly. Good. He can now prove himself and show the world that he should have been in the Pro Bowl. I'm perfectly fine with it. I also think Jordan Poyer got snubbed. I think he should be. I also think Micah Hyde. I mean, the Bills really, it it seems to happen many seasons where they just don't get quite the respect that they maybe deserve. And part of that is Buffalo's not as big of a market. And sometimes that just is the way the cards fall. It's unfortunate. It is what it is. We got to just go out and keep proving ourselves. And we're doing just that. At this point, because the Bills are the fourth seed, they unfortunately have to take on the Indianapolis Colts. That is the one team I really, really don't want them playing. However, however, the Buffalo Bills, like you said, are starting to figure out what works. And I'm starting to come around to the idea 
that they could take on anyone. I believe in the Bills. Now, I don't want them playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round, which basically cannot happen. But I don't love the matchup, but I can live with it. I think that we can take on the Colts. I think we can take on the Titans, the Ravens, the Patriots, Bengals. So really, all those matchups are good, and you said it. We're worried about the next round. We're worried about the second round. What we need to do right now is keep winning. We'll probably have a good chance in the first round the question becomes in the second round, if you have to take on the Chiefs, how do you fare against that team? We saw how they fared last season, but we also know that this Bills team has faced a lot more adversity adversi- adversity than they did last season. It was a much smoother sailing season last year, and I'm starting to wonder if that's a good thing. Can you speak to that? Facing something like that, Facing that uphill battle that the Bills have faced for the majority of this season, that might actually bode well for them going to the playoffs, no? I feel like that's that's a great thing because when you look at look back at history, um, you look back at the um, the 2007 um, New York Giants, nine and seven, barely got into the playoffs, and then they just go right to the Super Bowl and they beat the best team ever, like. Like, what? Like, who, who believed that they were going to do that? And that's just one example. But the Bills are right now are going to take a winning streak into the playoffs. They're going to they're gonna beat the Falcons. Let's just, let's just be real. I mean, we're playing a game at home. They were going to, you know, beat the Jets. The Jets are going to be ready to go to Cancun. I think both teams are ready to go to Cancun at this point because they're like, eh, season's over. We're not doing anything. So the Bills should continue to just push through those teams and win. But it's so important to go into the playoffs with wins, which is why – at the end of the season, when when teams would when two teams would get the bye, they wouldn't sit players because they want players to continue to have that consistency to push through the playoffs. So you won't get so you won't get stiff. So you can continue to have your game day routine. Like and it's so it's so important for players to be out there and not sitting down, which is you know that all goes back into the preseason and all that other stuff as well. But what the Bills are are putting together right now is something that. We, we've all been looking for that momentum play. We're looking for one, Josh Allen. He's been playing a lot better. The offensive line has been playing a lot better. Like they've been much maligned all season, but they played, they played a lot better yesterday. Our defensive line stepped up yesterday. Our front seven, I even saw Edmonds coming in there hitting guys, Milano playing well. And we've often forgot these last couple of weeks about Jadavius White. He's not, he's not even out there. Have we missed a beat? Have we missed a beat? I, I haven't. I mean, kudos to Dane Jackson. And like I, like when he got put into the game a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys, he's a draft pick. He's a guy that they believe in. He's a guy that's been on the roster. So they drafted him for a reason. So him being out there and him being able to have some success has been able to give him confidence as well. So the the Bills right now are playing, are playing on putting everything on all cylinders, playing well, the running game's going well. So as, as this momentum continues, we're going to we're going to see a team that's going into into the playoffs red hot and I'm excited about it. What I take from that is confidence. All of these players that were not playing well are playing well now because they have confidence. Even Tremaine Edmonds, I've been riding him all season, but he had a good game. He looked a lot better. He looked more confident. His tackling looked more confident. 
his ability to snuff out the run looked more confident, more decisive. We've, of course, seen Micah Hyde, Jordan Porter. Those guys have been great all season. But our defensive line, again, they looked confident. Ed Oliver getting involved. F.A. Obata getting involved, who's actually gotten a lot better as the season's gone on. He's starting to play more, and he's making things happen. Now there's some guys that have not quite panned out. <clears throat> A.J. Epinesa, he hasn't looked great this year. But overall, our defensive line is playing like a unit. And I haven't seen that pretty much all season. They're finally working together. I feel like early on when we started on this show, you talked about that so much of that success from a defensive line is working together and more importantly, feeding off of each other. And I felt like everyone was trying to do it on their own. And now they're feeding off each other. You see Ed Oliver He's feeding off of the other guys. He's getting through because he's using other guys' skill sets to help open up gaps for him to penetrate and get to the quarterback or get to the running back. It's not as simple as we think. We think, oh, just play harder or, oh, just fill your gap. It doesn't work like that. It's a team for a reason. We call them a team and a roster for a reason. They play together. And we're seeing the same thing on the offense. You have a guy like Isaiah McKenzie who's feeding off of Josh Allen. He's seeing what Josh Allen sees on the field. He's getting open for Josh Allen and putting himself in places where he feels he can help Josh Allen. We saw the same thing from Jake Kumaro. I want to talk specifically about that play. Josh Allen rolled out. He was looking, looking, looking. Usually he finds something down the sidelines. But Jake Kumaro decided to sit in the middle seeing that there was a zone and everyone had shifted and he just planted himself in the middle of the field and Josh found him. These receivers are starting to understand that if you just give Josh an opening, he can put it in there. The guy has a rocket for an arm. If you are open for a split second, believe me, he will find you. So, and I think that we're seeing that both on the defensive side and on the offensive side of the ball, we're seeing guys play together and play to each other's strengths. How important is that, Corbin, especially at the end of the season here where we're winding down and not getting ready for Cancun? We're getting ready for playoff football. I guess it's so important. Like the football, and, and, and this is a, a cliche saying, football is the ultimate team game. And if you're out there on a solo mission trying to do your own thing, no matter what position group you're in, I don't care which one it is, your team's not going to do well. Like we're seeing our offensive line play with, with some synergy. And you talk about that throw to Kumaro. The reason why he was able to get it there is because he had some protection, right? I mean, the, the Josh Allen, he's just standing in there. And when he can have some time in the pocket, and, and, and I know everybody loves when Josh Allen's on the run and he's running. I like when Josh Allen's in the pocket because when he's in the pocket, he can stay healthier. You know, that I mean, he, running, running is his thing, but I like Josh Allen in the pocket. So kudos to the offensive line, giving him that protection he needed to make that, to make that pass. But you also see that in the, in the wide receiver, in the wide receiver room when they're running routes, you ever watch the route tree when these guys are, are running, running different plays. A lot of this stuff is opening up stuff, opening up routes for other people. That one route that Isaiah McKenzie caught in, in the, I think, the middle of the third quarter out there on the corner, that was Emmanuel Sanders making room for him. He knows he's not getting the ball, but if Emmanuel Sanders was out there running, like, okay, I'm, this is this is me time. I'm not gonna do my pick play 
from him, even though that's illegal, but they, you know, they found a way to do it. I mean, there's no way Isaiah McKenzie would have gotten that ball. So this game is all about playing together. Every offensive play has a primary target. And, you know, if that target's open, Josh Allen's going to get it to him. But if that target's not open, he's going to be depending a lot on the offensive line to, to, to hold up in protection so he can get his second, third, or maybe even into his fourth read on a, on a certain play. So, yeah, I mean, the stuff is it's, it's so important. And, and I'm glad that the, the Bills are, are in the prime position and they're doing the, the right things and the right little things at the right time to make this playoff push. As if we haven't given Josh Allen enough credit, I have to source Elena Getzenberg here of ESPN because she noted that after that game, Josh Allen is now the first player in NFL history with 100 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns in just four seasons. That is unbelievable. And that, to me, is exactly the story of Josh Allen. He is a true dual threat. If you can't stop him running, he will throw. If you can't stop him throwing or can stop him throwing, he'll run. He can do it all. And although he took some extra hits in his runs this game, you got to love the heart that Josh Allen plays with. It's something that I talked about a little earlier on in the season because you saw that he was frustrated. He wasn't quite in the games as the way you'd want to see him in them. But now he is fully in the zone and he's given it everything he's got. I mean, we've seen it now pretty much three, two to three games in a row where he's just put his heart on the line. He's put his body on the line. And it really helps because I think that players around him will run through a brick wall for him. That is something that we know about Josh Allen. It's not just about what he's doing on the field. It's how he is leading this team. He is the leader of this team. And guys will follow him. Guys will do whatever he asks them to do because they know that Josh will do whatever he needs to do to get that W. And that is impressive because not every quarterback is, is like that. And fortunately, Josh is that guy. doesn't matter how much money he's making. He clearly just loves the game of football and wants to win and wants to bring some success to the city and the organization. And that is something that you got to just love. Even when he hasn't been great, his attitude is great. And that's something that's really, really important. And I'm sure that's something you, you know, you talk to because you know what it's like, you know, how big of a difference that makes in the locker room, right? That is, that is you, you're spot on right there, there, Jake. And when you're talking about Josh and his toughness, toughness, it takes me back to my time in Buffalo and, and playing with a guy like Kyle Williams. I mean, Kyle Williams embodies or embodied everything that Buffalo was, hardworking, going out there, playing, playing plays to the, to the end, playing, I mean, giving everything that he had. And before games, Kyle would bring us all up and he'd say, hey, you know, go out there and put your body on the red line because I'm gonna put my body out there. I'm, if I'm putting my body on the red line, you, I'm expecting you to put your body on the red line. That would get guys so fired up. And I know in the beginning of Josh's career, he, he felt some of that. And I bet he learned some of that from Kyle. So he's, you know, he's a quarterback, but he's going out there. He's like, listen, we got to go out here and win this game. And I'm going to do, do whatever it takes 
And as a former player, I kind of cringe when he takes those hits. But listen, this dude is doing whatever it takes. I mean, he, I mean, the every week I watch Josh, you know, and he's made his little mistakes. He's he's a top 10 player in the league to me. The dude is fantastic. He's a dual threat. He can run it whenever he wants to. He throws with a rocket arm. He has an incredible supporting cast of, of receivers around him. I mean, kudos to the front office for putting those guys around him to make him better. But Josh Allen's toughness, I mean, this dude, like he he won't he won't turn down a if he's running at a defensive tackle. He's gonna he's gonna go and take him on. And that's something that you gotta respect, especially in the city like Buffalo, that, that's blue collar, hardworking. God, I mean, the 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 fans and, and and Bill's mafia, I bet they they love seeing that. Now, do I? I, I not, not really, but you know, do what you gotta do, Josh. I mean, I thoroughly enjoy watching watching Josh go out there and compete. He is playing on fire, man. To excitement, right? I'll, I'll end on this note here. It's really exciting to watch Josh Allen play. I felt that there was a stint during this season where I was not enjoying watching the games. It wasn't just that we were losing. We were boring. We weren't exciting. We weren't making big plays. We weren't doing anything crazy. But in the last few weeks, Josh has just gone crazy. That guy is dynamite. The, the, we shouldn't forget that, yes, it is a sport. It is physical. It's dangerous. It is entertaining. That is part of it. That is why we spend every week talking about it, watching it, watching tape, whatever it may be. And the Bills right now are exciting to watch. They have an explosive defense that's coming up with big plays. And man, oh man, they have an exciting quarterback in Josh Allen, and he's going to be here for years to come. He is fun to watch. He makes big plays. And sure, he makes us cringe sometimes. Sometimes I find myself covering my eyes when I see him running 25 yards down the field because I just know he's going to get hit. But you know what? He's a six foot five, 237 pounder, and he can take a beating. And I don't care because it's fun to watch. And that's what I love about the Bills. They're back to being an exciting team. They're a team that I want to wake up and watch every single Sunday. So for those of you who were hoping for an Atlanta Falcons you know, preview, you're not getting that this week because we know the Bills are going to win this game. We don't even need to discuss it. The Bills are going to steamroll the Falcons. 1 p.m. show up because it's going to be an exciting game, but it's also going to be over probably pretty quickly. So make sure you tune in right at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because the Bills could be up 14 or 21 nothing after the first 10 minutes of the game. Corbin, thanks so much for another awesome episode. Your insights this week, amazing. Hearing that stuff in the locker room with Kyle Williams, all just gold nuggets there. So thanks so much, Corbin. And go Bills. Go Bills, everybody.